Well, look, it's no secret that we're big fans of the NFL. We talk about it uh, yeah. in our spare time on this show, and it's no secret then to any of you who listen or watch on a consistent basis that the same applies for you. Well, now you have a chance to actually – uh, you know, make your mark on the NFL because there is a job opening I hear for a chain crew member uh, in the NFL. Uh, so anybody else? I don't else mean to laugh. Is, <laughs> I know. I actually almost felt bad opening the show with that. Uh, that dude's really leg brutal. got so <laughs> messed up. Gosh, the Lions Saints game for those that didn't uh, catch the news. A, a oh, chain man. crew member. This is the danger. Of football, look, I've been, I've covered games, uh, you know, in high school and the college level on the sidelines. You don't realize even in high school how quickly <laughs> they can go from being just running out of bounds to being ten yards out of bounds that quickly. But yeah, uh, Alvin Kamara gets pushed out, uh, rolls up on one of the chain crew members' legs, and, and it, it was it, uh, like a pretty gruesome like, video. You know what I mean? And the leg, like, is just hanging like this. I don't know if you yeah. can watch on the YouTube, yeah. where you just like he's just like and immediately grabbing for it in that like the video and you're just like oh and it looked like he was like scream like it, oh, yeah. i mean there was no audio but it looked like that oh yeah he was echoing for oh, yards yeah. and yards um but yeah apparently it was a dislocated knee so obviously that's super painful that's it uh, but a little bit better yeah that's a, it that's was just better a dislocated it, knee yeah, it oh, it, it looked it, it looked like uh he snapped his leg in half. I thought it, it was like, like tibia fibia. Yeah, for sure. Alex um, no, Smith. So all the reports that I'm seeing are that are that he dislocated his knee. Gee. It might have been a, a pretty severe dislocation. I don't know. Yeah. But, um yeah, either way, it is uh, it is one of those speedy funny recovery reminders. For that, man. Yeah, it was one of those funny reminders that you say too, like how quickly guys get out of bounds, but like how quickly you don't realize it, there are some of the best athletes on the world, like in the world on those sidelines. And then the other like 70% of the people on those sidelines are like old people are <laughs> like, and honestly, true, like yeah. middle-aged yeah. middle-aged doctors and middle-aged dudes who are like helping with the chain and like, like they don't move quick at all. And if you're not a hundred percent, it's like the foul ball game in baseball. If you're not a hundred percent focused, you can you can take it, and even that guy, like he's a chinging, he's he's involved with the game, but it happened so quick, and yeah, he was in a lot of pain. And unfortunately a, for him, he has to be close to the sidelines, so yeah. there's even less less opportunity to get out of the way. But yeah, you, you hope the team like they got a the NFL. Does the NFL employ all those guys, or did the teams employ those guys? Because that's one of those things where you're like, you'd imagine the NFL or the team or someone like writes the tab. The, for that. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it, They'd have to. I'd, I'd, I'd be shocked if his, they didn't. He's not calling his wife going like, honey, I don't have my card on me, the insurance card. Do you have them? Because yeah. I, <laughs> I currently my leg got noodled by, you know, a, a Saints player or whoever the heck it was. And it's like now Alvin I'm, Kamara. Yeah. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting in the emergency room waiting. They dropped me off the NFL. And uh, now I got to pay for like a $3,000, you know, uh, a ride from the ambulance and, and everything. You'd hope they pick up the tab for all that. It's just brutal. And, you know, to uh, put a, a button on that or a bow on it, whatever the phrase is, um, um, put a bow. Yeah. When, you know, I've, I, I've had like a couple close calls, um, never in a college game, surprisingly, but there was uh, a time, I think it was two years ago, or, you know, it actually might've been three, uh, but I think it was two years ago. Uh, when I was on the sideline out here covering a game, uh, filming it, 
as I normally do. And uh, a quarterback was running out of bounds. I was 10 yards in front of him, so I thought I was good. But a, a, a player came up from behind him and shoved him forward. And oh, he came flying. Second. It completely took me out. Uh, and so I have it on video. Maybe I'll share it on here one day. You I don't think I have got it. Like, we got to get the footage. Available, but I'll try and I'll, I'll try and grab that for next time because it's pretty funny watching the camera just go from here to just straight down. <laughs> and you see my legs just like flying out because I got completely taken out from underneath <laughs> me. It was uh, well, that was thank, a good time. But yeah, you got thank God it. you're OK. And well, that's a good uh, point too. like we're talking about the NFL covering that bill. Think about how many dudes get injured on. The high school sidelines, like every weekend, yeah, because of stuff like that. Yeah, no, no. So there was a. Uh, this is just like an anecdote, but there was a guy I remember who was filming for like another um, TV station. I wasn't at the particular game, but he, it was very ill-advised and kind of stupid on his part. But he stood in front of the tunnel where they run out uh-huh, and yeah. to get the shot, and they ran out and ended up uh, fracturing his nose. He needed reconstructive surgery because he yeah. had he had his the camera there. Brutal. Push the camera into his face. So yeah, be careful out there, folks. Um, but uh, yeah, some other people that are are, are obviously going to be needing to be tended to are the 49ers and Eagles players because that was quite a physical matchup, and uh, and and the Eagles absolutely got bodied in many different ways. So My we're going to cover that bodied. and much more. Yeah, absolutely. From week 13, coming up ahead here on the Football Lounge. Or it's just not going to want to play the video, so then all we right, can, uh, we could just not play that. That's also and, uh, <laughs> and, and we'll move forward. Uh, yeah, so good stuff. Uh, our we'll, our, we'll our, out, our uh, graphics future, got bodied out. Our <laughs> graphics are in the ER right now. You know, it, it, we, we're just getting owned in the trenches right now. I was now going to pull up some lounge, and I was uh, going to pull up some stats to get ready, and I'm like, all right, I don't hear anything. Let's keep moving. Oh wait, no, we 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 got it. It's uh, it's it's five seconds from from being got. So you know what, Mark, go ahead and, and pull your pull yourself some of those stats, and uh, and we'll get ready here on the other end of this intro for us on the football lounge as we get ready for week thirteen and all of the action up ahead. All right, so week 13 brought us several key matchups. A couple upsets here as well. Uh some, you know, disappointing uh for some of us for particular reasons. I uh, you know, don't need to get into that, but uh some two win teams uh, actually playing uh, pretty well apparently. That's feisty. Uh, we also had a Chargers Patriots game that uh didn't have a touchdown scored in it at all. And uh, and and some over unders that were a little bit shocking. So a lot to get to here this week. We already covered, of course, the Thursday night matchup between the Cowboys and Seahawks, where the Cowboys won forty one thirty five. Go check out our Friday show on that one. We covered the whole thing extensively and discussed the state of the Cowboys. Of course, we have Monday night football coming up here tonight between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals as the Jags look to keep this train rolling. But, Mark, we will start with the Colts at the Titans in the early window and probably provided one of the more uh, dramatic games uh, of the Sunday slate as uh, the Colts win 31-28 to in overtime. They get themselves, uh, you know, driving down, and Michael Pittman with the touchdown grab from Gardner Minshew to close this one out and get the victory for Indianapolis, who now pushes themselves into the wildcard spot. So the question here, I guess I'll pose to you, Mark, as we cover this game, uh, are the Colts a, a legitimate team now 
that need to be that that teams need to be worried about with maybe just some of the uh, the Minshew mania, the Minshew magic, if you will, and just maybe how this team is starting to put some things together late in the season. Oh, and by the way, they're doing this without Jonathan Taylor, who they'll be getting back in at least a couple of weeks. I'll put it this way. I would hate to be the wildcard team uh, or the division winner who then has to play them as a wildcard team at home, like because they have literally nothing to lose. They're not even like the Texans where it's like, well, we weren't supposed to be here, but now we're just like an upstart good team. This is a team that it literally has nothing to lose. They're stealing the Jets playbook, right? Of like, we can make it into the playoffs with a backup quarterback and then maybe our guy comes back, only they never, you know, had to worry about the Richardson coming back. The other thing, the thing that honestly jumps to the front of my mind when I think about the Colts is like, this is, this feels very much like the, uh, the, that Browns when they went all kind of all in with the uh, last year with um, Brissett, when they were like, you know, kind of, Effort like our quarterback's not going to be here till week, you know, what it was at 13. So let's just throw caution to the wind. They play a game where it's just very, very, um, everything is on the table at all times. And that is dangerous. Like, I mean, that'll, that's going to lose you some games. They're going to have turnovers, but sure. right now they're playing a game where it's just like, they have literally nothing to lose. Um, and they're not even trying to like, you know, the jets, you watch them. It's like, well, they're trying to protect their great defense. And, and do things to just let their defense win games. No, the, like the Colts don't care. They are literally the embodiment of their quarterback right now, where it's just like, uh, is this team like, did this team just like do a line of Coke? Like in the right before they walked into a big business meeting, like you're, you're in that scenario where you're looking at the guy, like, what did he just do? Like, and then, and then you're like, this is going to go one of two ways when we walk into the meeting. And, and so, and, and, and it's just wild. Like you just have no idea what they're doing. And um, it's fun to watch. Shane Steichen absolutely needs to be in the top three for coach of the year candidates right now. Yeah, definitely. If they make the playoffs, I almost feel like he's kind of a shoe in. He lost and, his starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, right away. And for the Titans uh, on the opposite end of that, I'll just finish over this. Like I, I've, I still feel like good. If I'm a Titans fan, like things are working out. Like Levis isn't, a disaster. He's not the problem. You can just see there's a talent deficiency, especially along like the offensive line. Like Derrick Henry gotten going again. It's it's um Derrick Henry season here now that we're in November. And I know he got it, he left the game. He had to get injured and and yeah, concussion. Um, uh, but like it, it's that time of the year where he's starting to really come alive. This team the Titans are just like three or four A players away, right? They need like three or four A guys. We're just like you add some studs to that team. And then like a bunch more B's, like a bunch more just like okay quality starters. Um, they're just at a talent that it's not like it, it's not a panic mode where they're looking around going like, oh dude, this kid can't play. Like that, that's just not it. And yeah. so for the Colts, this is was supposed to be a throwaway year, and it's just turned into like the ultimate fun year. Like, just enjoy it if you're a Colts fan, because next year you're gonna be living and dying in every single Richardson pass. Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? And so just enjoy this while it's fun and you're having a good time and you're flying high with like your coach. You have great vibes about because in a year from now you could end up, you could be, you know, four and eight and Richardson could be on a roller coaster and you could be saying, is, is Shane Steichen the guy? I don't know. Like it, it can change on a dime. So just enjoy the run right now. Colts fans. Yeah. I mean, if it's good, uh, there's no reason to complain it, just enjoy it. Um, you know, and on top of that, the, the Colts are 
you know, an interesting team here to kind of play spoiler down the stretch as well. Yeah. Uh, because the AFC playoff picture is getting like muddier and muddier as we get down the road. Here, right. I mean, we had Kansas city lose here this past week. Uh, you know, the Steelers did the Browns did, uh, the Broncos you know, the lost. surging, you know, and then the Broncos lose. So, I mean, the, the picture is really in flux there in the AFC, tons of moving parts. And so the Colts, now that they've actually put themselves in a seven seed spot right now, uh, very well are, are in a position where they kind of control their own destiny. And that's got to be a, a good feeling. As for the Titans, they'd have to go five and zero to really sniff a chance. And so uh, that's very unlikely to happen. Uh, but you're right. You know, it's it's about Will Levis and and kind of, you know, getting him back on the on the tracks and, you know, maybe Derrick Henry, if he comes back and, and hopefully the concussion doesn't keep him out too long, um, he can be a constant, you know, yeah. guy that Levis can lean on as they get more and more comfortable with the offense. Jeffrey Simmons did suffer an injury yeah. in this one as well. A pretty bad week for injuries uh, in a year that's been terrible with notable injuries and it does seem just like that there's an increase i i wonder if there's a place that actually tracks injuries and then like even does more meta analysis like injuries to starters and yeah. prominent players because it really does feel like this year is uh unique in that realm we're just dealing with a lot of backups at a lot of positions it's kind of crazy yeah i'll just my final point on this will be for the titans like it, it's starting to feel like you know you don't have when when ryan Tannehill was playing and they were playing poorly it felt like, ah, oh, just blow up the whole team, get rid of everyone. It doesn't feel that way for me right now. Like, it doesn't feel like, oh, you need to trade Derrick Henry in the offseason. You need to do this. Like, no. Like, it just feels like you need to keep adding players to this. Like, there is a, there is just a dearth of talent. Like, it doesn't feel like it's uh, not saying that you're going to, it's a retooling, but it doesn't feel like it needs to be blown up. And there was a point in time where it felt like it needed to be blown up. Yeah, you don't need year. to tear it down to yeah. the studs for yeah. sure. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see kind of what decisions they make. We've seen with the Houston Texans, uh, one good draft. Now, obviously they had two top three picks, but one good draft can like turn around your fortunes very quickly. And I think we're all confident Mike Vrabel when given the, the proper set of tools, uh, can, can put together quite oh, a yeah. competitive team in a, you know, what's becoming a more competitive division, but still a winnable division, no doubt. Uh, we'll get to that Chargers Patriots game and spend 22 seconds on it. The Chargers win six to nothing on the road as New England falls to two and ten. Uh, a disgusting game. Uh, six to nothing is the final, and the Patriots now the only team to go three straight games of giving up ten or fewer points to an opponent and losing all three. They're zero and three in That's that incredible. stretch. Amazingly, and uh, yeah, clearly just not able to get any offensive production on this new England team and they get a quick turnaround as they play the Pittsburgh Steelers Thursday night with presumably Bailey Zappi once again, as the starter for new England, just an absolute yeah. shambles there for the Patriots and the chargers looking pretty bad too. I mean, my question is, uh, is this a, is this a, a time to completely blow up the operation there in oh, LA yeah. minus Justin Herbert, essentially? Yeah, I don't even know what you do with like Kellen Moore. Like he exactly. was supposed to be the one to fix it all, and I and I just don't know at this point. Mainly because I thought he would come in and help like help develop this offense. And Quentin Williams looks like a bust right now, just drop after drop after drop. And their offensive line feels like it's regressed. Rashawn Slater, I mean, like his rookie year was an All Pro, and now here we are two years later. He missed all last season because of the injury. 
it just nothing feels like Corey Lindsley. Like what happened to this this vaunted yeah. Chargers offensive line? So it does feel overall just like a dearth of coaching, uh, similar to what I've complained about on my franchise, where it just feels like where's the development? Where is the where is the growth? You know what I mean? Like it, you're this is what you're in charge of doing. Part of coaching is is growing your talent and and getting your talent from point A to point B. Yeah, that's what the University of Iowa does so well. A lot of guys come out of nowhere. They take a bunch of three-star guys and make them four-star guys or sometimes five-star guys by the time they leave. And so like, that is a crucial, crucial thing that, that that it feels like the Chargers are lacking desperately. Finally, with the Patriots, I'll just say this. Um, guys, um, the holidays are tough, right? And you have, a, you have an obligation at this point in time of the season. We're heading to week 14 where there's been plenty of times where you, the lady in your life has had to, uh, you know, kind of swallow the tough pill because it's like, Hey, football's on. And I know that's like all he cares about and all he wants to do is watch football. You have two chances this week, tonight and Thursday night, like surprise her with the date night. There is no reason to bet these games. There's no reason to watch these games. Surprise her with a date night, fellas. Just like, hey, honey, gonna go a long and then, way. And then you just like you, t- you're out of dinner. You're you gr- drinking a glass of wine. Maybe the game's on the background. She goes, oh, there's there's football night. I didn't you want to watch it? No, honey. You know what? Like, I just want to spend the night with you. Like, this is it. She doesn't know that it's Bailey Zappi versus Mitch Trubisky. She doesn't know that it's Jake Browning about to get destroyed uh, by Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. She doesn't need to know that. Doesn't need to know it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a word to the wise right there. That's uh that's the Mark Hespin yeah. uh, wisdom hour for you here at the football lounge. I love it. Great, great tidbit there uh, to get us going. By the way, I got that stat wrong. It's not the uh, first time in NFL history. It's the first time since the Chicago Cardinals back in 1938. <laughs> so, well, so, sorry to all the Patriots out there. You actually didn't make history. You just made the history Arizona the past, uh, you know, 90 years. Uh, moving on to a little bit more entertaining of a game, although it wasn't the the greatest, uh, you know, of the weekend. But uh, thirty three twenty eight victory for the Detroit Lions over the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I feel like this was it for the Saints, uh, even though they're only one game oh, out for God. the division. This felt like uh, an oh, opportunity, man. and it was a very tough matchup. Don't get me wrong, but Carr gets pretty, injured, pretty bad loss last oh, week. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you needed to get a win this week to put yourself back in a, a good position. As we mentioned, six and six is a lot different than five and seven this time of the year. They're five and seven now. Derek Carr, as you mentioned, gets hurt, which, ironically enough, they may be better off right now. It's just like the offense was not working with Derek Carr. I don't know what it was, but they just yeah. weren't utilizing their weapon. And the the one thing they have in their weapons is like big play capabilities, right? And they haven't been getting enough of those. Um, so maybe with Jameis Winston or whoever they decide to go with is going to be a, a little bit of a cure for them. And their best, you know, feature uh, isn't even something to do with them. It's the fact that they compete in the NFC South and yeah. you know, still technically have a chance with the Falcons uh, one game ahead in the standings. Meanwhile, the Lions, uh, this wasn't your prettiest performance, especially defensively, but 33 to 28 victory. You'll take that all day. I mean, they came up, came out to a strong start, 21, nothing let the Saints kind of creep back in going into the second half and even in, in, in into the fourth quarter. But the Lions at 9-3 and three with what uh, the 49ers did to the Eagles yesterday, I mean, the Lions are still putting themselves in a position where they can get that one seed. They really yeah. can't compete for that one seed still, and the division is pretty much locked up for them. So, yeah, my question to you, uh, do you think the Saints are pretty much done with this loss or – 
Do you think they still have a, a pretty good fighting chance to win this division? And then secondly, uh, did this like sh- shatter your faith at all in the Detroit Lions, given that it was so close? Okay. Uh, first part of the question is the Saints, the best thing for the Saints is to continue to lose. The Saints should lose out. Like if you are the New Orleans Saints, the best thing that could happen to you as a fan, I know this hurts, lose out. Because this team is not the type of team you want to run back next year. At this point in time, Dennis Allen, I think I heard a stat somewhere today. He's like 22 and 40 something as a head coach now. I mean, ugly, ugly, ugly record. He's not, he's not the guy. Carr's not the guy. Taysom's not the guy. Jameis isn't the guy. If I were the Saints, I mean, it's worse are, than that, Mark. I just looked it up. 23 and 54. Yeah, that's I mean, just horrible. Like he's horrible. Wow. And 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 he's got and he's the defensive guy. And defensively, again, the this the Saints defense that has pieces has just not carried them the way they needed to be carried. And offensively, it's like the whole room hates each other. It's like they get on offense and it's like that married couple that's like, oh shit, we got to be in the same room again together right now. And like, oh, hi, yeah, you know what I mean? There's company over and we're smiling. Like the offense, just n- nothing works. Nothing feels right at all. I will say this. I think the Saints are now becoming that next team for me to start saying, give me your A player and your next two first round picks and we'll give you the first overall. Like they are yeah. now becoming that team that like look in the NFC South. You know what I mean? Your Your rivals, the Panthers got Bryce Young last year. You don't know what the Buccaneers are going to do. You don't want them to get the guy before you get the guy. And Atlanta's going to be all in for trying to get the guy, right? So, like, they, the Saints are now my team. Like, give me Alvin Kamara this year's first, next year's first. You can have number one overall. You know what I mean? Give me Chris Olave this year's first, next year's first. Okay, you can have number one overall. Like, that is – and the Saints – need to do it. Like they need to rip everything down from the studs. They need to go get it and attract, attract an offensive coach and then say, here, we're going to get you the number one overall pick and let's go, let's go build with Caleb Williams and, and whatever it might be. I, I really feel like the saints are now in that mode where the best thing for them going forward is to do that. Can they still win the division? Sure. Why not? But like, it doesn't matter. And I think it's in the long run worse for the saints. Also, for the Lions, second part of that question. Not panicking from the Lions at all. The Lions, this was a Lions win of the year. Their their defense is going to let up big plays. It's a roller coaster. Their defense can pressure the passer. That's one thing they're good at. But everything yeah. else is is a struggle. They can tackle. I like their linebackers. You know what I mean? Like and Campbell, Al, Al, Al Zaloni, Anzalone. You know what I mean? Anzalone. Like yep. Anzalone. Like and and then they can rush the passer. But everything else is a struggle. But it doesn't matter. Like. Look at the teams right now that you can say to yourself, I trust them to score 30 points in a big game. The Lions are one of the few teams I can say that about. Even the Chiefs. The Chiefs, I don't even know if I can say I could trust them to score 30 points in a big game. I can trust the Lions to score 30 points if they need to score 30 points to win. That offensive line, that offense, the way they move, I feel like I can trust them to do that as it gets late in the season. Um, so no, I'm not panicking about the Lions at all. Their whole season's still in front of them. They play Minnesota two of the last three games. Uh, you, you know, you win, you win those two games, you lock up the division and, and you're set. You're hosting a home playoff game for the first time since we were three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kansas city's only scored 30 plus, uh, three times this year, which is one of those know, was against uh, the bears. Bizarre. Yeah. That's a, that's bizarre for 
this Kansas City offense for sure, but they have not been themselves. And uh, I guess I got to swing backwards because I think you were right. I don't know what I, I was reading one tweet that had him at 23 and 54. It's 20 and 45, but it's really bad okay. either way. So it's, it's horrible. It's it's 20. Yeah. And and uh, I see another one that says his five and seven record after week 13 is the best that he's ever had in a single season at, at week 13. <laughs> so somehow he's like, he's reached new levels of like greatness. He's improving. This year. He's, he's so good. Uh, Actually, you know what? I take it back. Don't fire him. You got to build off this. Hey, he's look, getting uh, the building I, blocks I, are there. I think he can go into Mickey Loomis's office there in New Orleans yeah. and say, hey, he definitely hasn't lost the locker room. They all yes. love each other down there. It looks like they all have so much fun together and their wide receivers don't love committing crimes. It's definitely. <laughs> when when was the last time we were like, wow. And and honestly, like we think of uh, New Orleans as being a team that drafts pretty well, but I can't think uh, in, in like recent years, like the last five or six of like being like, wow, they really hit on these draft picks like Chris Olave. Yeah, of course yeah. they hit on him and Marshawn Lattimore. Those are like the two that come to mind, but I can't really think of like um, any recent year where like they really nailed the draft. Like we think I'm, of sure the a, or the I'm sure Seahawks, there's a New Orleans you know. saints fan out there who, who, yeah. who could, who would be like you idiots. You're not mentioning it, but I, sure, I tend sure. to agree with you. They feel like they pieced it together. They've been old for a while. Mm -hmm. And listen, I don't blame them going into this season saying, Hey, we committed to Allen. He's getting his second year, and let's go get him his quarterback who he had back in in uh, Oakland with their car. Let's bring in a professional. We have a ton of weapons, and let's make a run for this. We both, everyone predicted them to win this division, you know, not thinking they'd be insanely good, but just thinking, okay, they're going to be better than all the crap around them. And they've just been so ugly to watch. It's it's a real disaster. And and to me, if I was a Saints fan, I'd be rooting and cheering for them to just blow it up. Yeah, you, you got to get a fresh start. You're going to be in no cap hell for the next two years. You might as well be young and fun and in cap hell and developing young players as opposed to uh, just piecing it together, you know, mediocre around the, you know, 13th pick every year. Well, the team that is in line to win the NFC South now, the Atlanta Falcons, got a win, putting them to six and six and putting them ahead ugly of everyone game. else in the standings there. Very ugly game. Gross. Another brutal one, 13 to eight over the New York Jets, who ended up starting Tim Boyle and then moving to Trevor Simeon uh, in this game. So we're starting to see a quarterback carousel there in New Former York. Former Bears, but... great Trevor Simeon, yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So 13-8 win for the Falcons. They're winning ugly, which uh, kind of just seems to be par for the course for Atlanta. And that's how they're going to be able to do it this year. But we kept saying the NFC South winner might not uh, be above 500 with their record. And uh, well, they are at 500 right now with their record. And so the Falcons in the driver's seat right now in the NFC South, they're running the football. But that's about all you can say. It's just, you know, two pretty rough teams going at yeah. it. It's just that the Falcons aren't nearly as bad the as Falcons, the Jets, especially offensively. Getting the num getting the number two seed in the NFC playoffs is a bye week. You're gonna get to play the Falcons. Like that's or you know, like uh oh sorry. Yeah, fair. Um the Falcons are actually probably gonna win the division. Well, so if they getting, win the yeah, if they win their division. Getting four, I meant to yeah. say the number five seed, the best wild card team. Like for the Cowboys, you know what like, I mean? Like, yeah, you want to win your division, right? But like getting that is gonna be a, like a bye week. You're gonna get to play the Falcons. So that's what I had to say about them. And, and as far dome, as, so yeah, as far as the Jets go, Diana Rossini, former ESPN great, is now with the Athletic. This is one hour ago. This is how much hell the Jets are in. The Jets want. It's hard to even read it without laughing. 
The Jets want to make a switch at QB. The team is leaning towards Zach Wilson to take back over the reins of the team. But, oh, but Zach Wilson is reluctant to step back in. Sources tell Zach Blatt and Diana Rossini. So they're wanting to go back to Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson is saying basically like, no, don't want it. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Like he's blowing a Cartman. Like, screw you guys. I'm going home. You I mean, there, me. there have been. You blamed it all on me. You ca- you called for my yeah. backups to play for the last five weeks. You had two weeks of backups. Now you're like, hey, can we go back to Zach? And, and he's going double bird. And he's saying, screw you guys. I'm going home. I don't, you I quarterbacks don't blame Zach have, Wilson. I don't blame any. I mean, few quarterbacks have been tossed around as much as he has in, on their own team. I mean, you, I, I'll think of Mac Jones as being the other one in recent memory. You know, yeah. Mac Jones gets you know, benched and then started, benched and started all the time. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I we get it. Said I get it. it. We said it when the Aaron Rodgers injury happened. I'd love to go back and like listen to the exact wording, but I know we talked about it. I know we said there were two options basically for the Jets. Like number one was you ride with Zach Wilson no matter what. And, and knowing it'd be highs and lows and he's got a chance to like prove he can play in this league. And we, and we knew that when, like, that was a long shot for him to become, you know, like, wow, he's a starter again, or wow, he can be a capable player. But as soon as you bend Zach Wilson again, like that was over. Like you cannot, you can't go back to him. And this is why we also said the other path was you need to immediately go out and just get someone like get someone because Zach Wilson was a fine break glass of a case of emergency when you had Aaron Rodgers healthy. But you had a chance after week one, you know what I mean, when he's injured, to bring in a guy, and by week three or four, he knows the playbook, look at Josh Dobbs, and then he can be a capable player that your team rallies around. You didn't do it. It's too little too late. And even though I don't think they should fire Salah, this is the type of stuff to where I, like, you, you make you, it makes you want to just say, like, I want to I trade Aaron Rodgers. I want to burn it all down. But again, I think this just goes to prove for Salah in his defense. If I was Salah, I'd say like, this is how bad it is here. How how do you expect me to do anything? Look how good my defense is. This is how bad it is here. Our GM, he bowed down to Aaron Rodgers at the altar of Aaron Rodgers. That's why we're stuck with Tim Boyle. That's why we're stuck with Adams. That's why we're stuck with Al Nazard, who who was a healthy, no, uh, no dress two weeks ago. We're stuck with these crap players. We're stuck with Aaron Rodgers' contract, and he Calvin drafted Cook Zach Wilson. And, yeah. Like, if I'm if I'm Salah, part of me is just is saying like, and my my defense is is one of the best units in football. So he's got a lot to stand on, but he also like, it's just such a mess. It's so ugly. It's so bad. Well, it's hard. It's hard when you're really good at your job, but you're not uh, able to, you know, put down tangible results. You think you know, Salah wanted to hire Nathaniel job? Hackett? Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you really right, want to yeah. hire Nathaniel Hackett? Yeah. I mean, I don't know for sure, obviously. I mean, maybe he did like, you know, Hackett, but it it certainly didn't seem like it was his choice to initiate that and put him into the conversation. God, it's just uh, ugly. It's bad in New York. Yeah, that, no, I mean, it's nothing's going well there. And they have that tweet. They, they have some dynamic playmakers, and it's just, you know, uh, it's, Zach it's Wilson is bad. saying, no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. He's doing the Jonah Hill meme from like 22 Jump Street. He's like, <laughs> he's doing no. that. Watch on the YouTube. He's doing that. <laughs> or no, he's like at the Oscars. It. He's at like, he's at like an award show wherever he's at. And he's doing this thing. Jonah Hill. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's what. Yeah, you're right. That is what is from. He's like in a I, suit I, yeah. or something. He's like at the eyes. Yeah, going. yeah, yeah. He's in the he's in the chair. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. I, I always Jonah I also Hill, thought that was from one of the movies. Just uh-huh. type in Jonah Hill into your gift into your gift bar. Yeah, that's a that's a top one for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, there's probably plenty of uh, Pittsburgh Steelers that were doing that uh, during the Cardinals <laughs> game. Like, nah, I'm gonna stay out. You, you just you don't even have to put me in. It's all good because they uh, got absolutely destroyed by the Arizona Cardinals. The two and ten terrible Arizona Cardinals came into Acrisure Stadium and embarrassed the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was uh, almost, you know, you're due for like one of those a year with Pittsburgh, it seems. Um, but this was, <laughs> yeah. I I feel like I probably in recent years said this more than I ever have in my life, but I, and I, not to be hyperbolic, but this probably goes down as among one of the worst losses in Mike Tomlin's tenure. And certainly the worst loss of the season, but definitely one of the worst of Mike Tomlin's career. Uh, despite having Kyler Murray back, obviously two and 10 was an indicative of their record. If they had Kyler Murray, they were still not a very good team, especially on defense. Okay. The yeah. defense sucked and, uh, and does suck on, <laughs> to be, uh, to be blunt about it. Uh, but the Pittsburgh Steelers managed 10 points, seven of which came in garbage time. They got stuffed at the goal line. The physical Pittsburgh Steelers got stuffed at the goal line. Um, it was penalties. It was poor play it was fumbling it was two awful snaps it was things not bouncing your way everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Steelers and the Cardinals took full advantage James Conner had two touchdowns and a hundred yards in his return to Pittsburgh all around an an absolute shit show for Pittsburgh and I will say this um this has to put them in the position of like uh starting to panic uh certainly because you're seven and five. Uh, you, you, the only solace you can take as, as a Steelers fan or a member of the team is that you hung on to your five seed spot for the time being because the Browns lost and the Colts won, which put them into the seven seed instead. But that's it. I mean, you lose one or two of these other games you're supposed to win, and uh, that's pretty much a wrap for the season. Honestly, I mean, they're they're getting that point where it's pretty close. To, to being a disaster and now that Kenny Pickett goes down gets hurt he's going to be out for an extended period of time he had to have surgery today on his ankle so he's at least missing Thursday night most likely a week after uh so yeah it's it's time to start the alarm bells and um and uh things need to happen I I'll tell you the happiest person was probably Matt Canada from this game saying yeah <laughs> wasn't all me was it yeah, absolutely. You know, Kenny's one of those weird ankle sprains that requires a surgery that, and then like the healing time is only like two and a half weeks. It's crazy how some of those work. They're doing it. They like you can choose to to heal uh, a high ankle, from what I understand. Uh, over like, like if this happened in week two, he probably wouldn't have gotten surgery. They'd say you're but out four heals, weeks. Yeah, but it heals. Uh, but the quicker. surgery with yeah, it's because of how um, urgent they need him back. They're like, we're gonna do the surgery so you can get back a week or two quicker. Uh, yeah. That's from my understanding. That's how it works. But. Yeah, uh, I I will say this: he gets hurt a lot too, Mark. I mean, yeah. we're, we're two years in now. The guy's had a couple I, concussions. He's had banged up knees. He's had. He, he, listen, you're in a world. Of, you're in a world of hurt either way right now because the problem yeah. with the Steelers is there's 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 so many things from this loss. Right? There's so many things for the Cardinals. All they've done is really again once again prove that they're probably not going to be in the quarterback market. Like the Cardinals 
are in the, we're the first team that's going to take like the best player on the board, whether it's Harrison Jr., offensive lineman, whatever they want. Like they, they're, they're, they're that team now that's looking like we're adding a bunch of talent. Um, which is, an, you know, it's a good direction. It's good to have clarity in a direction, right? And Kyler played well. Um, but I want to go back to the Steelers because at at best, this was just a, hey, we weren't prepared. We got punched in the mouth. We came in a little cocky and confident, and then an injury slowed us down with a weird delay, and and that's why we lost. That's at best, like of like what right. happened that game, and even yeah. in that, and you're gonna say, "Wait a minute, your your longtime Super Bowl winning head coach couldn't get your team fired up to make sure you could show up with juice and energy to win a an easy must win game for your season at home, at home, and and at best you uh, you overlooked an opponent like that is Mike Tomlin as much as we all love him and as much as he is, uh, he would have a job in a second if he was let go. This was one of those losses where it's like, if you're a good team and you come out and you lay an egg, right? Like the Eagles earlier in this year lost to the Jets. That's their one. That's their one loss before they lost the Niners. It happens. Like things go wrong. A team plays a really good game because it's their kind of Super Bowl and no one's believing in them, right? And you get beat. But the but the Pittsburgh Steelers have not looked. They've not looked like the Eagles. They've not looked like the Chiefs, right? Yeah, they haven't they had haven't, a moment. They haven't yeah. had the moment where they're like the big dog on campus. This was like, hey, you you it won't you're where's people think we're going to win this game, so we're just going to win it. And then T.J. Watt gets nicked up a bit. I mean, it's Minka Fitzpatrick broke his hand in the game as well. They lost their yeah. mid, their third middle linebacker this season. They lost, so now they're down to Miles Jack and Blake Martinez, who weren't playing football two weeks ago. That's who will, they're going to end up playing. Dan, as a Steelers fan right now, well, I'll, I'll leave it on this. My final thought on it is, is just a question for you is, we've talked so much now. We just talked about what this is the best thing going forward for the Saints. Like We talked so much in the show about what the Bears should do in their future because of the picks and the, you know, like what is, where is you, where are you at where you're like, this is my blueprint for the Steelers' success for the next, two years. You know what I mean? I'm not even asking five years, but like, what's the window? Like, cause the ceiling is not Super Bowl. Like they're not a Super Bowl team, even if Kenny's healthy, right? Even next year, they don't feel like they'd be a Super Bowl team. So like, mm -hmm. where is the end game here for the Steelers? Like where, how do you feel this morning is like, this is what this team needs to do. I mean, my thoughts, uh, especially the last month or so of the season have been, the the top priority is Mike Tomlin needs to hire needs to make considerable assistant hires this upcoming off season. Um, we had Brian Flores last year, who he hired to coach the linebackers, and that actually did a lot of good for the linebacking core. Like you saw considerable progress there. And Flores um, has been pretty good in Minnesota this year as the D. It is the DC. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a talented guy, right? But like, and that was a big, we're like, wow, we're getting a guy who's just a head coach to be our linebackers coach. Like, that's pretty legit. But that's about the only hire that Tomlin's made in his entire career as the head coach that has been like, whoa, like a big name, solid hire. So that's priority number one um, is to get a, a a huge blockbuster offensive coordinator hire. Someone that's, you know, I and I don't even know if that's like a Frank Reich or, you know, um, 
if you try and get someone to do a lateral move, those are hard to do. But if you can pull a Ben Johnson you, from yeah, if you Detroit, spend a ton of money. You, know, you got to spend money. Eric I mean, Bieniemy did it. Eric Bieniemy went. You know what I mean? If Bieniemy, yeah, like, like, yeah. so it it can happen. Bieniemy probably saw like, okay, well, this is an opportunity to maybe get in there after Ron is a you know, maybe he thought that Ron Rivera would be fired at some point. So maybe he saw a little bit more of a pathway than there would be in Pittsburgh, but man, you have such an easy sell in Pittsburgh. Like, do you want to come be the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers with a young quarterback? Like, absolutely not. And who wouldn't say yes to that opportunity? Right. Yeah. Um, so he needs to swallow his pride a little bit and and go make some big time hires. Uh, that that's the number one thing. You're obviously starting thing, Kenny Pickett next year too, right? The, yeah. The second do you thing bring is in to have Kenny Pickett for a full year. Do you bring in real veteran competition next year? I think I think what they I don't think they need to bring veteran competition next year. I think they are gonna not have Mason Rudolph as the third string next year. So what I think they need to do is take a quarterback like the third round or something. Like take a mid round quarterback and that'll be your third string. So then you fill, fill out your roster there. You have a third string quarterback and you're, you're taking shots on some other quarterbacks here. Get yeah. one on draft as well. It's a lot have, of pressure two on rookie Kenny. quarterbacks. Yeah. And at this hey, point, look, you kind of need, you need to light the fire. It's now or never. Yeah. And, and the, yeah. the problem is their window is the next couple years because that defense they need it's, it's tj watts prime cam hayward is has got maybe two three years left in his career um inka fitzpatrick's in his prime like this is it like if we if you lose that then you spend all that money on defense yeah. for nothing not even a playoff win so yeah. um they're they need to win fast. they're a fascinating team because it just it feels as though you're absolutely right the, the ceiling for this team is just a first round exit and and yet there's no one's talking about Tomlin on the hot seat nationally. And no one's really talking about Pittsburgh Steelers is like, they need to be aggressive. Like to me, Pittsburgh feels like a team that needs to be really aggressive, but I think people aren't talking about it because they just know that's not what Pittsburgh does. Yeah. And obviously the fact that Pittsburgh like, is consistently decent, uh, doesn't, doesn't help the case when you're trying to make tough decisions. Right? Yeah. I mean, like if it, I were to it say really it, lets, the conversation kind of slipped by. If I were to say, like, what, what like, would you, what, what would, what kind of pat would you want the Steelers all of a sudden? What if you heard a rumor, a seat, you know, towards the end of the season that, hey, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to seriously consider trading up in the, in the draft? Like, what, like, would you be like pumped about we're going to go trade two firsts and something to go get the number one overall pick? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I th I think we've seen uh, enough of Kenny to maybe feel like it's not he's not going to reach like a ceiling of, um, you know the the best in the league or among the best in the league. Uh, I still feel like maybe his ceiling could be somewhat close to a Brock Purdy level, and I feel like that's good enough to get a team to a Super Bowl. Um, that's why I think an, a new offensive coordinator to get a year with Kenny will really, uh you know, tell us, you know, what we need to know. And then gotcha. if you move off of Kenny after year three, okay. uh, or, you know, he's benched, uh, then you at least have the, the coordinator in place. You have the offense in place to bring in a young quarterback and start right. fresh. So you Dan Vasco's path right? for the Steelers right now is a new offense of an elite offensive mind and drafting a quarterback in third in middle or fourth rounds. round, third or fourth yeah, round. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere day late day two, early somewhere, day three. Someone you can say to yourself, 
is going to put some pressure on on Kenny in camp. Maybe have a you know kind of a maybe someone different like a Spencer Rattler. Like he's coming out. Yeah, and he was like yeah. a high name. He's got like a high upside type of guy to where you just like whoa, he's going to wow people. To where if the season starts going wonky next year and Kenny's not performing by late October next year, you can bench him and see if it's the offense, if it's the quarterback, what, you know, what is it? It's all about dart throws, right? We talk about it all the time. You just got to try and find that guy. So there's yeah. no, there's no issue in, in my mind of going for a third or fourth round quarterback. And maybe he hits, maybe he doesn't, but who cares? Yeah. You spent a third, you know, those are high picks. Sure. But the way Pittsburgh drafts uh, that you, they should be confident that, you know, uh, it's not going to be a waste. Pittsburgh doesn't have a lot of needs. You guys don't have a ton of needs beyond yeah, finding not, that elite, elite. I mean, center team. now is probably going to be number one for them. I would God, think uh, the center best, middle yeah. linebacker are, are pretty, pretty high up there. But yeah, they they they're not uh, devoid of talent at many positions. All right, the Dolphins uh, get a thirty point win on the road at Washington. Tyreek Hill now legitimately on pace for over twenty one hundred yards, which would break the record by over one hundred and fifty plus yards. Um, so Tyree kill, uh, firmly putting, uh, himself in position for even potentially a league MVP. He is otherworldly two big touchdowns in this game. Devon Achan came back. He had two touchdowns in this game as well. So they're, uh, they're, they were looking right back in sync offensively. Yeah. The commanders are, you know, they're the commanders. They're starting to, to wither a little bit. I still feel like we're seeing some good play from Sam Howell. Green. Um, you know, at, at times throughout the season. So that's got to be, uh, you know, reassuring. But yeah, this maybe puts you on the pathway to, okay, we're going to be gone with uh, Ron Rivera after this season. But there are some, you know, elements to this team that that gives us confidence. So uh, with the way the Dolphins have been performing, they are now 9-3-2. and three, two. Um, I mean, do we need to start talking about them being a one seed here in the AFC now, to represent the AFC? I mean, we talked about it last week. I, I feel really good about that. And I, I will say this, in a week where big teams... With and like big moments, like had some letdowns, like the Eagles and the Chiefs. The Dolphins did exactly what they needed to do. You know what I mean? Pittsburgh, you you have a weaker opponent in front of you. You should beat them. Come out and put on a, a put on some stats and go go dominate. That's exactly what the Dolphins did. So credit to them. And then for the for the Commanders, I will say the only thing that's interesting is that this was Ron Rivera getting to call the defense, and uh, it did not look good. Uh, and 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 they had extra time to prepare. From Thursday night, you know, Thanksgiving to now. And so ugly. Uh, it just really, really ugly. And so, you know, my two-win prediction for Washington is starting to look a little better. They're they're obviously above two wins, but just as as predicting this this season would kind of fall apart, starting to feel a little bit better about that. Um, and then overall for Miami, kudos to them for doing what clearly is not an easy thing to do in the league, which is you're the favorite. You're going there and just beat the doors off them, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, you, the, we've talked about it with the Dallas Cowboys. Like to the one credit we give Dallas is that they've they won beat the up games on the that bad they're teams. supposed to win. Yeah, right. And so there is something to be said for that because it's any given Sunday, and it can be easy totally. to overlook opponents or just you know have down nights. Uh, the healthy Dolphins don't seem to have a down night very often, so that gives you a lot of hope. Meanwhile, that story came out I think last week or the week before of. Um, the cameraman who um, oh yeah was was filming Tyreek Hill and Tyreek Hill grabbed it's, his camera and did the I think that's such it. a stupid story. the NFL suspended him which is yeah that that's that sucks especially because he was a young guy seemed to be very like enthusiastic and 
um, excited yeah. to be to be doing. I it. have it's no care the rest of the year, but the cool thing is that Tyreek Hill is picking up his salary for the remainder. Well, remainder the that year. is cool, but apparently him and Tyreek Hill were like chums before this. Like they, he yeah. worked on yeah, Tyreek Hill's staff. Yes, before getting hired with the NFL, and so part of me just wonders, like, did they plan this? Did they know? Like, it all seemed really fishy to me, anyways. And it's just like, you know, I just I I don't have much empathy for a 21 year old kid who's you know <laughs> built his is yeah, you know, but it is kind of crazy that the NFL suspended him, right? It's like, dude, what? No, like, it's not because the NFL right. does stupid things oh, all the time. The well, NFL okay, does yeah, crazy, but it's stupid, still stupid. <laughs> it's still stupid, <laughs> it's sure, still but stupid. it's like one of those. I had no like this story. I was just looked at. It, I felt old man from the closet. Like, don't like who cares. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, I mean, a lot side, of people like, are trying to say it's very like, it's like how heartwarming it is. It's like, ah, it's, I mean, it's, not, yeah, no, no, no. This kid, this kid was like DMing like athletes trying to get in on the like, oh, create social media for stuff for you. Like, he, he wormed his way to a position. And then it seemed as though the NFL was just kind of like, yeah, screw you, kid. I, we, we regret <laughs> <Like>, this. <laughs> okay. When you frame it that way, I'm kind of, I support the, the NFL, NFL <laughs> in saying to, to 21 year old douches on the sidelines who get, when they're Prada sunglasses saying, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> uh, the Houston Texans got a much needed win. They're seven and five now, Mark, Whoa. over the Denver Broncos. This game could have gone Huge either win. way, really. And it was a, a little bit back and forth, especially with the Broncos. And they get a push late in this game. Uh, so Texans now seven and five. They are just on the outside of the playoffs. If you were a betting man by the end of the season, are the Texans a playoff team? I have to look at their schedule, but I'm leaning towards yes. I think so. At this point, the AFC South could have three teams in. At this, <laughs> this would, who would ever guess that? They do lose Tank Dell for the rest of the year. I know that brutal. sucks. Just that really does suck. Because he was a great Nico great, Collins great. stepped up big. I'll say this here about, it is. I'll, here it is. I'll read it to you real quick. Yeah, at Jets, at Titans, when versus Browns, versus win, Titans, win at Colts. So uh, they've got five games. They, they could, have the Colts. I mean, that, that last game against the Colts could be for the final wild card spot. That's really fun. I'll say this. I mean, they at least go three and two, right? They're at least 10 and oh, seven at yeah. this point, I would say. I'll say this. That should get you in. I'd much rather watch the t the Texans in the playoffs than the Steelers. Yeah. I'd, I'd much rather too. watch. Me too, I'd much actually. rather watch the Texans in the playoffs than the Broncos, than the Browns. I I think I'd rather watch the Texans even than the Colts, just because I think the Texans sure. have a legit yeah, chance to like make a make a run upset. Um, I'd like to see the Texans. I mean, I'd like to see the Bills in over a lot of those teams too. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're fun because they have a quarterback and they have a young coach who is just be, he's quickly becoming the next Mike Tomlin. It's crazy. These these yeah. players would die for him. And uh, and he's earned the right to to like uh, to uh, for us to consider him as a really really fantastic young head football coach. The AFC South is getting awesome. I mean, imagine imagine if the Titans can support Levis uh, in the offseason and they and he takes a step. You have three, then you'd have three real surefire things, and then the wild card would be the most athletic guy who plays the position, like in Anthony yeah. Richardson. So. But that's South what we talked about after the draft coming into yeah. this year. We're like, this this division is going to quickly be super interesting. It is. It's it really, really is. And I'll say so. I'll say that. And then I will I will mention for the Broncos, they are they because of that five game win streak. What they did, no matter what happens with the Broncos the rest of the year, 
The tempers will have cooled. The waters will have calmed, which that might be the most important thing for the Broncos in general, just to have some calm. No one's talking about us. Yeah. Leave us alone. And they need a quiet, you know, not Sean Payton, you know, uh, you know, just calling out people left and right and going crazy or Russell Wilson saying stupid things and, and, uh, and uh, Mr. Unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah. So I will say that one thing for the, the Broncos, though, what, what it's so apparent in that game is they are in cap hell. So they have, and they don't have a ton of high end draft picks because they obviously traded a lot for Russ. They have got to hit on some draft picks. Like their scouting no department doubt. is at like pressure is on, like DEFCOM three. You've got to get a ton of in return for your second, third, and fourth, fifth round guys. Like, cause they don't have money in free agency. But they have a real, like, they need to find just a spark player or two, like somewhere, whether it's a, whether it's a, a young offensive lineman, whether it's a young playmaking, uh, you know, wide receiver, whether it's a, another corner to go with Sertan, who's, who's just, you know, can, can help out. Like they need, they need two or three A more players, but they have no money. So pressure is on for the Denver Broncos. I think that, I think Denver missing the playoffs this year, but having this win streak and kind of being relevant has been, is going to do wonders for them going into next year. I still feel like their ceiling will be always low with Russell and this contract. And I think we finally can, but we finally have a grasp on what the Denver Broncos are going forward in this era of Broncos football last year. And through the first half of the season, we had no idea what we we're getting. Are they the worst team in the league? Expectations are really high. Now it's just kind of like, okay, they're a solid football team with a really low ceiling that can that still doesn't yet have a true identity. Find the identity, nail on some draft picks. And for the Texans, I w- I just want to watch the Texans play a lot of football. So I hope they make the playoffs. Definitely. And it, it sounds like Tank Dell actually could come back for the playoffs, they're saying. So gotcha. with the, if with that's the, the case, leg. I mean, you, you really want them to you know, make the playoffs and even get to the divisional round where maybe Tank Dell can return. But yeah, that's looking like a duo that's going to be dynamic for years and years to come. So, you know, the arrow uh, might be pointing up the most for Houston uh, as opposed to any other team in the league, to be absolutely the Panthers fall to the Buccaneers on the road in a, a very close game, one that the Panthers probably were just just so sad about because they finally got close to like getting a win, uh, you know, getting the bad taste out of their mouth. They're now one and 11 on the season and the Buccaneers have been reeling. So it's like an opportunity to get yeah. a win over a, a, a wounded animal in division, but that's not the case. The Buccaneers go to five and seven and somehow then with that win, the Bucks keep their playoff hopes somewhat alive as everyone is now just chasing the Atlanta Falcons in six and six. So uh, obviously this is a, a battle of two bad teams. The Bucks a little bit better. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead of, ahead of ourselves, but this is just something that I have been thinking about. Let's say the Bucks make the playoffs here because they let's say they win the division at nine and eight or whatever they end up being. Um, is does this Bucks team? They're not going to have a high draft pick. Is it like do you run it back with Baker Mayfield? Like, do you, is this a team that you feel could somehow get better in the offseason without drafting a quarterback? So to, to me, if I'm the Bucks, I'm in a situation right now where you you have a you can kind of play the holding game, right? Your division's not going to run away from you in a in another year. In a year from now, you'll still be in this division, and w- and what the future of this division will be 
it doesn't seem like anyone's going to have uh, a CJ Stroud or, you know what I mean, like a big bad Patrick Mahomes in division within the next year. What I would caution the Bucs about, though, is that I would say you can't wait too long. Like, and you can have the chance to be the most aggressive team in this division, right? You can be the team that says, well, look at what Carolina, Carolina is, is never going to win this division, right? We starting to feel like we know that Bryce Young is just not going to be the guy, the guy. His ceiling is going to be like two of Brock Purdy. So they have a lot of work to do before they get to where, oh my God, we have to really fear Carolina. The Saints are a disaster. And Atlanta feels like they are the guy away. So to me, the question would be, if I'm Tampa, do I feel like there's a path for us to be the most aggressive in rebuilding new coach, new quarterback, offensive scheme, go for it? Or do you say to yourself, where the chips fall, as long as Atlanta doesn't get Caleb Williams, we're comfortable waiting another year and kind of playing this out and seeing where the chips may fall. Because Baker hasn't been the problem with Tampa this year. They're just a little bit too old. They're a little bit calorie set, you know, stuck right now. Um, so they're a, fa they're a fascinating team. Like they, to me, again, I would suggest be the aggressive one. Reset your clock. Get it. Go get an offensive coach. Any team right now that can pull, any GM that can pull off the trade with the Bears to say, we're going to give you the, we're going to go get the number one overall pick. And like, they're they're gonna attract a head coach. Like they're gonna attract a quality. All all the candidates are gonna want to apply. Caleb Williams is that kind of guy that in the end coaches will look at that tape and go, oh yeah, I want to hitch my wagon to that. So any team, but that can, can they pull off that trade early enough? Well, that's just the Carolina. The Bears, the, the Bears have showed you we're willing to do make moves yeah. early, right? They made it sure. the second earliest that ever, someone had ever traded the number one pick last year. So. If you are, if, if what you would have to do, if you're a team like the bucks is you'd have to be aggressive in firing the firing and resetting the staff. Right. So yeah. that's, we're going to talk a ton about that. I just want to take an opportunity here before we get too deep in the weeds, say Carolina, I thought this was the one chance they had to win another game. I think yeah, they're going to, I think they're going to be a one win team here going on out the first ever one in uh 16 team. And then finally, um, kudos to Mike Evans, 10 straight 1000 yard season, start your career. Only Jerry Rice has had more at 14. Incredible. He doesn't look like he's even really slowing down that much. I think Mike Evans is a guy that if you're if you're um uh Tampa Bay, you keep and you just say we're gonna we're gonna just gonna keep building around Mike Evans in the sense that we have a weapon. No matter who we bring in or what we do, we have this guy who's just been an absolute Iron Man and one of the most underrated wide receivers of his generation, and uh, is quietly putting together an absolute Hall of Fame career. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Especially because he he's got the, the Super underrated. Bowl ring because he was so integral. He was Brady's go-to guy during Brady's run. Like he he is gonna get that as a bump when that when that comes around. No question. Absolutely. Uh the Rams beat the hapless Browns led by Joe Flacco, who actually looked all right. Dude, in, in, there's right? a lot like, of teams that feel like they could use Joe Flacco right now. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, but no, he was able to get a touchdown early. Yeah. And he was like, the okay, Ford. Joe, all right. Hey, welcome back to the NFL. Uh, but that was about Rams are, all, Rams all are the seventh seed. Don't look now, my Rams. The, the Rams are are making a push for sure. Unfortunately, Puka Nakua. Yeah. Uh, did, did suffer uh, a, a pretty bad rib injury, it seems. I don't know what the latest is on his 
yeah. uh, outlook here um, coming forward. That would obviously be brutal. Cooper Cup has not had the year that maybe a lot of us expected coming in just for how dominant he had been in this offense. Puka was a big reason for that, uh, the emergence of, of him in that receiver core. But nonetheless, Matt Stafford and company get it done. And, and they did a pretty good job offensively in this one, considering they're playing one of the tougher defenses. The Browns defense in recent weeks has really slumped. Yeah. And uh, and and now there, there's more question marks about this defense moving forward. 36 points for the Rams over the Browns, 36-19, the final there. So, yeah, I think this said more about the Rams than it did the Browns because we kind of felt that the Browns were – you know, playing with house money once Deshaun Watson went down and it was just, can you ride your defense maybe to somehow get to the seventh seed? That's seeming a little the Browns bit more feel dead. They like feel a pipe dead. dream. Yeah, yeah. But the Rams are, you know, in, in a position where they can potentially push for that. The NFC is competitive right now, so that's not going to be easy. But uh, the Rams can definitely do it. They're six and six right now and yep. really starting to hit their stride. The Rams, again, 10 wins basically guarantees you a playoff spot in the NFC. Nine is is borderline. 10 gets you in. The Rams, can can they win four of their last five at the Ravens? Tough. That's tough. But then they're That's home tough. against Commanders, home against the Saints. Those look like win, feel like wins now. And the Giants game. Home, yeah. On the road against the Giants, that feels like a win. And so can you win either the Rams at the Ravens or the Rams at the Niners? Who knows? Niners that final week could be resting people. We don't know how it'll shake out. So even at nine wins and nine and eight, it feels like they could have a strength of schedule to where they are. They are the seventh seed in the NFC. And again, we, we said it from the beginning of the year, if I'm a Rams fan, that's a victory. Like you had the Super Bowl, then you had the massive Super Bowl hangover because of just decimation of injuries and an older roster that fell apart. And you went out and drafted 14 players. You had the most draft picks of any team. And these young guys are starting to come along, good coaching. And now the vibes feel like they're pointing the right direction to where the Rams could once again, especially if they sneak in, are you not going to tell me the Rams won't be aggressive in free agency then next year, this off season with a bunch more draft capital, they have draft capital again. Like the Rams could make one more push going into next year with Matt Stafford. You know, is this kind of being the bridge year to keep the vibes headed in the right direction where it's like, come, come join us one more time. Let's make one more run with Matt before we have to then really uh, blow it all up and figure out what the future of this t- organization is. So positive vibes to the Rams uh, and the Browns are, they feel dead. They do. They do. I I think that um, they are on the verge of just completely potentially collapsing here. Um, but maybe Joe Flacco will somehow steady the ship for them yeah. and, and keep them in games with the defense they have, that's clearly why they brought him in. Otherwise, they would just want to see what they had in DTR. Um, but no, they they really believe that they can still get there. The 49ers physically destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles in the trenches on both sides of the football, which coming into this game, we were talking about how you know there was a pretty even matchup across the board. Well, the 49ers kind of won every matchup that they could in this game. 42 to 19, the final. And, you know, a big part of the physicality in this was the lack of tackling by the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, there was quite a few opportunities here to get Debo Samuel down or to, you know, tackle Kittle or McCaffrey. And they just uh, too many forced um, missed tackles by the 49ers led to either touchdowns or big plays. And before you know it, it's 42 to 19 
and the 49ers are saying like, don't forget about us in the NFC race. So are you considering them to get to the favorites or are you still writing, you know, Eagles country right now? Breaking news 28 minutes ago from Adam Schefter, Shaquille Leonard, all pro former coach oh, linebacker signing with, with the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles after go. yesterday's blowout, uh, you know, loss, they want aggressive for Shaquille and basically said like, what do you need? Let's do this. Let's get it done. It, it fills a huge position in need for them. Uh, with what the with the where where the Eagles have been struggling this offseason. I think what what yesterday's loss said for me for the Eagles, the Ram, the the Niners absolutely right now are the number one team in football. Like they are now, they moved to the top of the power rings, right? They're at the top of the Super Bowl plane. They're there. And that, and they've earned that right because post the injuries and getting all back together now, they have been a well-oiled machine blowing people out. They went on the road to me against the best team in football as of, you know, 24 hours ago and and absolutely put on a clinic. Does that mean they're going to beat the Eagles in the playoffs? Does that mean they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, absolutely not. A lot happens between now and that and then. But I will say, as of right now, I mean, they are they are number one. They are the leaders in the clubhouse. They are so bleeping talented and efficient. They are. And they they are just physical beyond belief. I picked Philly to win that game. My belief was you would see Philly step up to the moment and the playmakers would make big plays. And you saw it early in those first two drives, bunch of slant routes, big plays moving and just couldn't convert. The Niners played like the more desperate team. The Eagles in the end looked like a team that, that had to look in the mirror and go, we just went through a gauntlet of big games after big games and big wins. And we ran out of juice at the exact wrong time, at the exact wrong time, because we just got punched in the mouth. Now, in the long run, I do think it's kind of a good thing for Philly. To add Shaq Leonard, they also realize now you can be beat at home by this team. They're not going to, they're going to play better the next time they play them. It's really hard if you're the Niners to beat a good team twice the next time they play. I'm fully predicting. So I think in the long run, it could be a really good thing for Philly. I think this is a disaster for the Cowboys because I think, the Phillies going to come out so pissed off and motivated uh, next week to just to, to go after and use that frustration. The Cowboys, I think, also what we learned is that man, there's all these teams are very different from the last time they played. The Eagles lost two great coordinators, Shane Steichen. Look what he's doing in Indianapolis, and that mm-hmm. offense at times just looks a little disjointed for the Eagles. Look at what Gannon just did to your team. Pew, pew, pew shots in Arizona. Like he can coach a defense. Like he can coach a defense. And that the the team, the Eagles, to me, look a little sloppy. And they look like they're a little unbuttoned and like, oh, we have talent. It'll figure it out. And so hopefully this is a kind of exact gut punch they needed. For the Niners, there's not much else to say except for right now, they are the best team in football, playing the best football. And you do not want to be playing the 49ers right now. And if you just look at it roster wise, they have the best roster, I'd say, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. they it's just an it's equal parts dominant defense, equal parts dominant yeah. offense. It's so hard to compete and with. It, That's what the Eagles were last year, yeah. pretty much. You and know? you can't Purdy the the weakness is still Purdy, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I know he's playing yeah. really, really well. But you you've got to find a way to make that kid uncomfortable. You've got to hit him. And the Niners, to their credit, they don't let you. Because they have a yeah, great offensive they get the line, ball quick. and they get the ball so quick. 
So it's that if you're a defensive coordinator, it's figuring out how can we get after him, which is why I still feel like the Eagles and the Lions, they have a chance in the NFC to get to get him because they do have pass rushes. But it's got to come from one of your front four having an all-time game. And it and and mm. that's going and they're gonna have to do it against the best left tackle in football in Trent Williams. So good luck. Like, I mean, yeah, good luck. Yeah. And linebacker play, which maybe yeah. Shaq Leonard will help because you know their their big thing is doing everything before the line of scrimmage, you know, getting yeah. it to Debo and getting yak. You need yeah. a linebacker that can sideline to sideline uh, and get in, yeah, tackles for loss. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that's gonna be the formula, but that's that's easier said than done. The Niners, you know, it's almost hard to remember that they were on an Owen three skid at one point in the, in the year. And uh, they have, you know, bounced back now, nine and three pushing for that one seat. Guess who we got picked, more breaking news. Wait, wait, guess, okay. Yeah. Right. Guess who picked up Schefter has the photo. Guess who picked up Shaq Leonard from the airport today? Oh, Howie Roseman, big Dom. He's making uh, headlines. Big, <laughs> big Dom. Big that's Dom. why you big. That's why big Dom is big Dom. That's yeah, that's right. That's right. I, you know what? I saw the video. I, I, cause I, I only saw, uh, the 49ers player Greenlaw, uh, you know, shoving, uh, Dom's face. Dom, yeah. we're referring to the head of security for the Eagles. He and a 49ers player both got ejected because they Greenlaw. said that, you know, they both were, um, uh, they both were antagonizing each other and shoving each other. From what I saw, it looked like Dom was just breaking up. Yeah, but players, again, right? those type of people, like in that credential level, like they're not allowed it, to be. They're in not that allowed spot. to. They're not allowed to make contact with a player okay, from another yeah. team. That's yeah, what I was hearing, and so the refs immediately knew that. Like they know who Big Dom is. He's kind of a Philly, like local celebrity legend. Yeah, like leave it to Philly for them to be like everyone knows. No one knows who the head of security is for uh, for any of Panthers. the other teams. But Big no. Dom, of course, you know Big Dom, right? But like that is. Like, so I think that's part of it was just like, dude, you have one job here. It's like your security, your sideline. You, there's no reason for you. You could grab one of your guys, but for you to like get into Greenlaw's face to where it's like you're putting hands on an opposing player. And then so he puts his hand in. And I don't think Greenlaw didn't like shove him. He really was like, no, kind of no, like it's in like face. index finger, like touch yeah. the guy's nose. It was one of those moments. Know? So I think the refs did the right decision. It was just like, hey, you're, you're both, both out of here. Now, this is a disadvantage to the to the Niners because he's an actual player, but it's setting that tempo. Like this game was so wait, fiery wait, wait, from the wait. start. But the Eagles, the Eagles were less secure after that. So <laughs> that's true. I mean, come very on. true. <laughs> very true. Uh the terrorists didn't capitalize on it. They don't know. I didn't see it coming. You gotta be secure in that. But again, it's the like it's that it's that precedent of like, I like the move just because it's like. Don't let this game become a, a, a fist fight because before the game, it was chippy. During the game, it was chippy, chippy moments. And so just like quell it, toss them, move on. For Sunday Night Football, the Chiefs and Patrick I Mahomes visited game. Lambeau <laughs> Field for the first <laughs> time. Uh, I, I, I'm i trying to you know figure out how that's possible. But yeah, I mean, they only play those divisions every four years. So that's how it works. Um, but Patrick Mahomes making his debut in Lambeau Field and the Los Angeles Packers. Oh, sorry, the Green Bay Rams. Oh, they, I'm, I honestly think they're two very similar teams right now. Uh, but yeah, the Green Bay Packers uh, get, get a 27 not, to 19. It's not victory. how it's supposed to happen. It's not. It's not. But look, uh, it sucks for the Bears. It sucks for Bears fans everywhere. 
it sucks for a lot of football fans too because I I think the Packers are close to being universally hated. Uh, Jordan loves playing some good football He's as a really good football, and they've done it against pretty good teams. I mean, the He's Packers solid football. The Packers have beat the Chargers, the Lions, and the Chiefs in three straight weeks, all yeah, he, behind Jordan Love performances. I don't know, man. I, and that's why I, I did the Rams thing, because they do feel like they're on similar trajectories right now, where it's all coming together for both teams, and they're both 6-6, six and six making a push. I still feel confident that Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers, and he's not Brett Favre. Yes. But I'm feeling, I and I'm feeling more and more confident, like, but I'm feeling also... I'm also feeling more and more confident of what I've been saying all season. Who's Jordan Love? I've been saying it all season. You're you're asking me who's Jordan Love? Who I I've been saying Jordan Love all season. Who is he? He reminds me of who? He's um I I, I don't remember. The tape. I don't... Young Dak Prescott. Like he is Dak oh, Prescott. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. he's he's really mobile. <laughs> he's it seems like the team really likes him. Like they bought into him as their is their leader. They bought into it. He's got a ton of young weapons. The Packers have surrounded him with a really, really fun young arsenal of weapons. If Watson can ever stay healthy, Watkins can ever uh, uh Christian Watson, Watson can ever stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, he got hurt again. Yeah. But he but they are they have weapons everywhere. Romeo Dobbs and 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 uh, a couple other those young receivers. I can't think of their names. They didn't even have their number one Jaden tight end. Reed. Yeah, yeah, who's the Reed yeah. and they didn't even have their tight end who is uh the the top pick either. So Here's my here's the thing is he reminds me a lot of Dak Prescott. What does that mean? That means hell for me because what does Dak Prescott do? He's either winning his division or second place of his division every single year. And he's playing good enough football to still beat up on the bad teams in his division, the Giants and the Commanders. That means the Bears and the Lions are screwed. Like that's what that means. We're dead. We're screwed. Or the Vikings, maybe. Or the Vikings, case. maybe the Lions yeah. or the new Lion. The Lions can can really keep maintaining this and keep growing. And Godspeed, Lions. I'm rooting for you. But yeah, I mean, we're dead. And so I'm a little overreacting a little bit. But I will say this was supposed to be the quell the talk game. This was supposed to be the Chiefs' really good defense show up to Lambeau and put a hurt on Jordan Love. This was supposed to be Patrick Mahomes' show. Hey, hey, kid, kid, you've been playing good football, but I'm I'm Patrick Mahomes and you're not. And Jordan Love played better than Patrick Mahomes for four quarters. And Jordan Love and his team looked like they had a much better game plan than Andy Reid and his team. And let's and so we said it last week. If the Packers could find a way to beat the Chiefs, they're all the way back. The Packers, the Packers. I don't think they'll win the division. I think the Lions will lock no, up the division because no. the Lions schedule's easy and the Lions are a good football team. But they absolutely now are a threat for that four, five or six seed in the NFC. And they are they have a really solid offensive line, a really solid defensive line and weapons and a quarterback who's starting to believe in himself. That's not a thing you want to see if you are that two seed, that three seed Lions or that four seed. And so you're going to lose a home playoff game. You absolutely could lose a home playoff game. That's that's the momentum they're starting to build in Green Bay. Long way to go. Things could still turn around, but that's the momentum. Like, that's legitimate for us to be saying that. We're not overreacting to be talking about Green Bay that way. And for Kansas City, Dan, I will say this. Yes, you just won the Super Bowl. Yes, you've won two in four years. Yes, you're not going anywhere. Like, you're going to be, like, you're a dynasty, right? But man, oh man, when you don't win the Super Bowl this year, 
you're really going to kick yourself in the teeth for saying to ourselves, how did we waste the best defense of Mahomes' career? You're yeah. never going to have a defense play that well again just cool. because we were cocky enough to think we, after one year, we won the Super Bowl without Tyree Kill, that we could do it again. Like, the teams have game planned for Kansas City now in the right way. Kansas City is the worst passing offense in yards, like, 30-plus down the field. They make no deep throw bombs. And you have Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL, and you're making no deep throw bombs. That is a massive problem for the Kansas City Chiefs. A massive problem. Yeah, they've limited the way they can win games now. They 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 have to either ding and dunk or uh, run behind Pacheco, who and Pacheco's great from the game, uh, and he is great. Um, but that's and that's good for December January football. But sometimes you're going to need to get that one big play, and they can't seem to rely on anybody to give them that. Like yeah. you, you see all of the plays that go to Tony Sky Moore. Um, you can't Rashi throw Rice are all screens and We're Rice all like shallow crossers. Rice is coming into his own, and he reminds me a little bit of like Brandon Ayuk, like physical, tough, yeah, yeah, and a I little like un- he, he unpolished. Might. Like once you polish that, you know, that stone, he's going to really, really shine and look good. Like I think in two years from now, Rice will be Ayuk, but he's still not like the guy who takes the top off the defense like easy touchdown. Yeah, and, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling can't haul in any of the deep shots. When I'm telling you, they are, they have, so. they've got to find a Zay Flowers, and they got to find a Zay Flowers like tomorrow. And the like, I feel this way about the Chiefs right now. They obviously could still win the Super Bowl, but if they if they lose this year and they don't win a Super Bowl this year, this is when they're really going to kick themselves in the teeth in 10, 15 years from now. When you look back on this dynasty, this will look like a wasted year. Allen's dead. Burrow's out. Watson's out. The Broncos have stunk. Your own division, like uh, poor Justin Herbert is dealing with absolute poop all around him. Your biggest threat is Lamar Jackson. You have the best defense of your career, and you cannot complete a pass in the air over 30 yards. Yep, and might not be able to get the one seed. It's looking that way right now. That they no, they're not. not yeah, they're it. not getting the yeah, one seed. Yeah. So let me let me just pose one question to you as we as we roll out here. Uh, Packers, Rams, Seahawks. Who gets in if we're fighting for the seventh seed here in your mind without knowing all of their schedules right now? Because I, I don't have them all pulled up. I, but I think they all. Got, I think feeling. those are your three teams. Like, I really feel like those well, they are. got currently the Cowboys are five. So, like, the Cowboys are at least oh, gonna, Cowboys. at this point. So, right? I would say uh, the, the Vikings are the sixth seed right now. Uh, the Vikings are, are going to fall. Vikings are dead. I think Seattle's the odd man out. I think you're looking at Cowboys. I think you're looking at Packers at that six seed and then Rams. We just talked about the Rams schedule. I think the Rams will get to nine and seven and have tiebreakers enough over Minnesota and Seattle or Seattle and Minnesota are going to struggle. Like Seattle's not winning against the Niners this week. I mean, maybe they will, but I think maybe they cover, but they're not, I don't know if they're winning. That's a tough game. Like their season's on the line. Seattle's season is on the line this week. So maybe Seattle can shock the world, but to me, that feels like, Today, without knowing if it's even possible because the schedules, it just gut feeling. Yeah. I'm going Dallas five, Green Bay six, and then Rams uh, seven. Jacksonville hosts uh, Cincinnati. They're favored by 10. Do they cover? Take your girls on a date. Don't um, uh, don't bother. <laughs> don't even go to, you know what? Find a, a nice restaurant, but a, a restaurant would also have the game on. So you could be like, oh, honey, I didn't know there was a game on. Didn't you want to watch it? No, I really wanted to spend the time with you. Uh, They cover uh, easily. 
Cover 10. All right. Very good. I actually am in agreement with that. I think it's going to be um, a total uh, scoring fest for Jacksonville and Cincinnati will be lucky to get a couple touchdowns on the board. All right. That'll do it for our week 13 recap. We may be seeing you once again this Friday talking about potentially uh, a <laughs> Thursday night football game, game if we history. can even call it that. The ugliest um, game in NFL history. Yeah, yeah. I, the over-under for Patriots-Steelers should be about 11 and a half. I'm going to bet every stay... Mitch Trubisky I'm going to bet every Mitch Trubisky prop and not watch a second yes. and just hope that I cash. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm all game. for that. Let's go. Let's go. Let's see some, some great Mitch Trubisky five-yard scrambles. I'm all about it. Love it. Alright, but uh, we appreciate you all watching. Again, like, subscribe. That really helps us out on YouTube and uh, anywhere that you get this podcast. And uh, be sure to like us uh, over on our social media feeds, threads, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Until Friday or some other time, <laughs> he's Mark, I'm Dan, and this has been the Football Lounge.